So I realized that this probably seems sudden to some of you. And I get it, I brought home two of my children to that house. I have lived in that house longer than any other in my adult life. I'm going on eight years. I've been married for 10, 10 and a half. I know that some of you may see this as some sort of failure or a step backward. I get that. But I, I was trying to figure out how to condense five years of thought and prayerful consideration into a meeting. Because for the last five years, I've watched this church and the finances of this church slog through things. I've got about five grand of uncollected salary. Like, I've got skin in the game. I had a conversation with the conference superintendent when he sent me here, and I told him point blank, I said, look, if the finances are that bad, and things are that rough, I might need a new appointment the following year, because the church might be closed. That was four years ago. And the way I see culture and history evolving it's, there's always some sort of crisis, there's some sort of problem, there's some new development that causes pain. And then you can either choose to let it kill you, or you can adapt and you can do a new thing to accomplish the same goal you've been working on. For those of us who are believers, since the dawn of time. Our mission is not to have a church building full of people. Our mission is not to have a bunch of people who call this four walls home. Our mission is to make sure that every single person we meet knows that God loves them and values them and that they know that they can have a life that is unending. And the amount of time and mental real estate that it takes from the leaders of this church to try and maintain property is unreal. The amount of stress when I talk to Dave and Kellyanne, and I can just see in Dave's eyes, it's killing him that he can't write me my paycheck yet. The fact that I talk to other board members and they're stressed about it because of money. And I get it, in a perfect world, we'd just be able to write checks and maintain property and we'd have all the money we need. But then you gotta ask the question, is there something else we'd be spending that money on? Feeding a family of four for a week can be done with a couple hundred bucks. Maybe that's something we need to consider, putting in the budget so we can help people when they call us. And I don't have to tell them for five years running, I'm sorry that you don't have food. I can't help you. I've done a pretty good job of hiding it because I don't want to make the church about money. I don't want to talk about money constantly on Sunday morning. That will kill us. If we make this church about money and property, we're dead men and women walking. The mission of God dies the second we worry more about the offering plate than we do about our ministry throughout the week. If we see a new family coming in the door and think, oh good, I hope they tithe, instead of, oh good, God loves them, 
We are dead walking. I don't want to talk about church growth as the solution to our financial issues. I don't want to talk about how the budget might get better. I went and got a job rather than have a giving campaign. You have no idea the look on people's face when they see that I'm working at Lazy Boy. They don't know I'm a pastor. And they're like, wait, what are you doing tomorrow? I'm just so glad you have Sunday off. I'm like, well, actually. And they're like, wait, are you crazy? Why did you take this job? I took the job because I care more about you than asking you to give more. I took the job because I love you and I love the people that aren't here yet and I love the people that I think you can reach. I want to sell that house not because I hate the house. I loved living in that house. I loved bringing my kids home to that house. I love the memories that I have of that house. But we have an opportunity to do more. That house isn't free. We pay insurance on it. We have building insurance. We have maintenance upkeep. Brock put in a new water heater that we had to pay for. We had to pay to have the furnace upkept. We have to pay for new furnace filters every couple months. We have the air conditioning system that needs to be repaired. Owning property is not free. Any of you that own a home know that. I'm not selling a house as a short-term measure because I hope you give me more money in the long run if I stay here. I want to sell the house so that we can clear a little mental space for the leaders of this church and the people who are here so that instead of maintaining our property, we can reach out and love our neighbor. Because there was a guy once who said that loving your neighbor as yourself was the second greatest commandment you could possibly have. And, and I get it. You weren't a part of the last four years of board meetings that have led to this one. Trust me when I say we have tried other options. Trust me when I say, when we'll just wait and be patient, maybe giving will go up. We, we've done that twice. I know that some of you don't want to trust me when I say this, but please trust me when I say this. This is it. This is the way forward. If you want to love your neighbor the way you love yourself, and you want to be obedient to what the Holy Spirit has been sharing with your church leadership, this is it. I appreciate what has been done to support that house. But the last eight years of living in it have taught me we don't have the resources to maintain that house. So we can cling to something that is becoming a drain on the ministry and broad na naked purpose of our church. Or we can throw off what hinders. And we can do what God has asked us to do. And I hate browbeating with the mission all the time, but that is the choice we've got. Eldon offered to give us more money. <laughs> and I said, Eldon, it, it's not about the money. It's about the fact that this really is an opportunity to love our neighbor. As a church... And for Melanie and I personally. And when Melanie said we were planning on moving either way, she meant it. We're closing Tuesday. The paperwork's drawn up. Just like Pastor Dale did before me, we want to live somewhere where we have a community and we can reach out and we can love our literal neighbors. 
It's what we feel like God is calling us to do. And so, like, I get it. I'm worried about the church passing inspection, too, or the parsonage passing inspection. But if we're going to rent it, it's got to pass inspection. Or breaking state laws. Which is what I think we did the first time. And if we're renting it, now our nonprofit status, is that in question? Because if we're a landlord also, you know what I mean? Selling like you're renting out the backfield. I mean, we've looked into it. Nobody wants it. It's landlocked. And if you're worried about people coming into the parking lot, well, we have to have access through our property to get back there. It's just not... It doesn't help. And again, like... I, I know this is kind of coming out all at once, and I wasn't intending on being this blunt, but we got to do it. My dad was a banker. Like, I, I'm really comfortable reading contracts and forecasting stuff. Trust me when I tell you that this is not going to cost us what you think it is. And if you can imagine in the next year being able to say, look, we're going to fix all the windows in the church so that when we stand near them, we're not cold anymore. You want to see what happens to our heating bills? <coughs> I mean, these are things that we can't do. I can't stand up here with a hat in hand and say, hey, can we please come up with about sixty dollars to $80,000? That's just not possible. If I were to ask that of you, I would, it would be an irresponsible thing for me to ask you to do. I said three years ago in this meeting, hey, if somebody just wants to sell a house, we can make budget. Well, guess what? We can we can catch up on all of the church maintenance projects, literally all of them that have been occurring over the last few decades. And we don't have to have a giving campaign. I don't have to have sermon series on tithing. I don't have to make you feel guilty. I don't have to make our church about cash. Because I'll be honest, I will shut this church down before I let us be distracted by finances. I was told point blank three years ago, well, if you just did a giving campaign, and they told Pastor Dale seven years before that while I was here the first time, well, if you just did a giving campaign, maybe if you just sold bricks, or some of you remember the paper chains that literally represented the debt to the conference that were hung up in this sanctuary. Let's come into this sanctuary and worship God and then be reminded constantly that we owe the conference twenty or $30,000. It nearly killed us. This is not giving up. Selling the parsonage is not a last resort before we close the church. This is the way forward to revitalization. Because the culture has changed. It's no longer a, if you build it, they will come. If you have a really nice church building, people will drive by. But if we go out... If we buy groceries for people who are hungry without asking for anything in return or are checking to see what their Christian credentials look like before we spend money on them, that's what God asks us to do. And if that person never comes back to our church, then who cares? Because it'll change us to be able to put into action what God's mission truly is. Because God's mission is not asking you all to fix up my house. There are better ways I would like to spend your time. I appreciate the work that you've done in. I could not have installed the hot water heater, so thank you, God. 
I have no idea where to start with that. But there are people not named Kevin and Melanie Eccles who need your help too. I want you to have the time to go help them. If I buy a house, that's on me. If my hot water heater breaks, I'll figure it out. It doesn't become a church thing anymore. I don't want you all to have to feel bad. There's literally carpet that is older than that church building is in a bedroom. But I'm not going to ask the church to replace carpeting in my house. That's not what I'm about. That's not what God is about. We have an opportunity to do something different and do something better. Let's not bring up stores and tithe houses so we can invest it here. Let's send it out. Because culture's changed. We have to go to them. It's not enough to sit here. And if that's where our focus is, we will die in about 20 years. It's just the way it is. And so I get it. It's a scary decision for the next 12 months. It's a scary decision maybe on the timeline in the next 5 to 10 years. But trust me when I tell you, if we keep investing inward, you are just setting the doomsday plot and saying, okay, in about one more generation, this church will be closed and we're just okay with that. Because people my age don't care. And that's not their problem. If I talk to them about spiritual things, they can't wait to talk about it with me. But they do it at work. They do it over lunch. They do it while grabbing coffee. They do it online. But they don't come here to do it. So rather than making them feel bad or complaining about how, well, kids these days are just terrible people, we could do what Jesus did and put on some sandals and go for a walk. I wasn't intending to be quite this preachy or quite this blunt or quite this, frankly, just dire and urgent. But that's where we're at. And I'd rather condense it all into one meeting and get it all out of my system and get it fixed and get it done so we can go do what we know meant to do. So that next Sunday we can come together and instead of worrying about how much money is or isn't in the offering plate and Dave wondering if he is or isn't going to be able to pay the conference next month, we can come together and go, this is the body and blood of Christ. Let's be unified.